0: The scene. A sultry September Saturday. Two sly sons of the South slinging soliloquies on a slew of stories, some silly, some serious, seldom slipping our schedule or stooping to slander or sophistry, but subtly shooting to shift the script and slake the striving for superior, sober sifting through Scrivener's scribblings, sordid and sacred in similar scope. So sit satisfied as we sarcastically sort the salient from the subpar six ways from Sunday, for it is on Spotify and sundry other streaming services that you subscribe to the Socialist Shelf. Joss, I um hate to
1: break it to you, it's not September or Saturday. Shit. Welcome to the Socialist Shelf, home of let's say this week um, alliteration, right? It's 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 an alliterative episode, and and I would like everyone to know that Joss pulled that off in one take. I said, "Hey, if I need to cup it together, um, feel free to you know stop." And he said, no, "No, no, I'll do it in one take," and he did it in one take. Very well done, Joss.
0: That's uh, that's my monologue uh, chops for the year. You got nothing more out of me
1: fantastically done fantastically done well if you didn't guess today we're talking about v for vendetta we are spreading our wings to graphic novels we spread our wings to self-help books slash manifestos with the um rich devos episodes and now the graphic novels really the the barn door is open and who knows what will come out certainly not animal farm but you know anything else through the barn door could come I wonder if perhaps he might call this book a manifesto. It's close um, in a way, but he has a book that is just straight up his manifesto later, but he, that he wrote in 2016 and that's Jerusalem Mm -hmm. and it's pretty damn good. Um, But that's, but this was like the manifesto of definitely eighties Alan Moore. And yes, the main guy we're talking about here is Alan Moore V for Vendetta written by Alan Moore considered by many to be just like the greatest comic creator of all time. He's up there with some of the greats, um, no doubt, though he actually does a lot more writing of comics than he does drawing. His drawing is decent. I mean, obviously better than anything I can do, but he's he's not one of the great artists when it comes to drawing, but he has a great vision for what comics should look like. He does action very well. He has a distinct Mm -hmm. style that he can mess with. He's a very good writer, and can he work? Because the dude just has put out so much through his life, and we will get into that. But I want to give credit where credit is due. There were other people who worked on this, uh, that we will not really be talking about very much. But David Lloyd, Tony Ware, uh Steve Craddock, Steve Whitaker, uh um, Shabon Dobbs. Uh, David Lloyd again is listed as colorist. Uh, Dez Skin, Karen Berger, and Scott Nabakin. These people worked as artists, colorists, letters, and editors. Uh, but as writer, Moore is the sole credited writer of this work, which is um, actually kind of irregular because it was serialized. And at the time, typically a serialized comic would be written by multiple writers, but this was his baby. So, mm-hmm. uh, we're really going to be talking about Alan Moore here um, as our main guy, and also because wow, is he interesting? Um, that might be an understatement, actually. Well, he's a wizard. Literally, he's he's a wizard. That's like not a joke. Um, I have in his biography when he came out as a practicing wizard, Mm. uh, which is post V for Vendetta, though he began practicing. Or Magician might
0: perhaps be the more uh, the uh, more proper. He's
1: pretty flexible. Look up a picture of Alan Moore. We'll probably have one as the episode art. um, But if not, uh, look up a picture of Alan Moore. He's he's emo Gandalf. He is Dumbledore from My Immortal, um, presumably. Is is except he's not a prep, he's not a poser. My man is the real deal. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um ebony darkness dementia Ravenway would approve. She herself probably wouldn't
0: read one of these though.
1: You know, um probably not. Probably not. The fan fiction of V for Vendetta in that style, I'm not really even sure what it would look like. It, it but you know. That's that's for another podcast to posit.
0: It would I lean think. really heavily into the references. It would be very, very Reddit like and you can see shades of um, you can see shades of that sort of thing in, um, you know, elsewhere in fan fiction. You know, the the uh, the references to songs and to um and to theater and to literature without necessarily the uh, the context that V for Vendetta offers. V for you know. Vendetta having Reddit
1: crossover is something that I can never even I can't even
0: conceive of that. No, just,
1: it it is it is beloved by by many a um, an epic poster.
0: Um, I myself, but, you know, uh, dressed up as uh, as fucking V in uh, on Halloween in high school. And, and why shouldn't you? Because he kicks ass.
1: But yeah. um, we will get into it. Um, if you know about V for Vendetta and haven't actually read it or seen the movie, you probably know it from the iconic Guy Fox mask, which of course is not made up by V for Vendetta, but massively popularized by it and the aesthetic of the guy in the black cloak the black hat the um the for vendetta mask people call it the guy fox mask um is huge guy fox of course being a member of the provincial english catholics and failed in the gunpowder plot of 1605 to blow up the houses of parliament um and for some reason the british are like big fans of the guy. I, it's like a self-hating thing. I never quite understood it. Uh Joss, any insight onto why the British
0: love this guy so much? I mean, there's there's a sort of there's a sort of self-deprecation about it, right? You know, like I mean, of course they burn him in effigy every uh every 5th of November, but there's also the sense that, uh, yeah, you know, the the dan- the danger has passed, you know, there's no more uh, Catholic plot to blow up the Palace of Westminster and, you know, now and now he can be used as shorthand for um, you know, down with this sort of thing, right? for a mm-hmm. for a general struggle against authority anonymous of course the uh the cia front that pretends to be a hacker collective um uses his image yeah um the guy fawkes
1: mask like literally if you look it up on wikipedia it says guy fawkes mask also known as v for vendetta mask mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. the idea of the guy fawkes mask was popularized by this david lloyd drew this design um it is it is a very interesting thing and it has been used in other media and stuff. Obviously, you talk about anonymous. It was used in the Occupy movement. Mm-hmm. Uh Mr. Robot, the show, they wear Guy Fawkes masks in the F Society. Um, it's, you know, a big there's obviously the, the meme of the guys like, You can't even understand the depths of my mind. And he's got vape smoke blowing from underneath the the uh Anonymous slash Guy Fox slash V for Vendetta Mask. Um, it itself is like become enough of a cursed meme that like reading this graphic novel, there are moments where like you chuckle, um, which I mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. Alan Moore would be fine with because Alan Moore knows that V is a ridiculous character. Yes. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. He kills a guy with a banana peel at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and let's just say this up front. We're going to disagree with a lot of ideology here. This book kicks ass, though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and I don't want anything I say to detract from this kicks ass, and I think Alan Moore kicks ass. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we get into Alan Moore, Josh, do you have any more thoughts on just like the mythos of V for Vendetta? Um, because for me, um, I'll talk a little bit more about the movie later in my relationship to it. Mm. But mostly um that that's mostly what I wanted to say.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean it's <sighs> I mean, the mythos is really the movie versus the book at this stage. Yeah, you know? and the um, the Wachowskis, of course, were quite taken with it. the The makers of uh, of The Matrix and and uh, Speed Racer and uh, all that. Um, but you know, as justice Moore himself- for them, by the way, yes, I, I, yes, I, that's a whole different conversation. But it yeah. is a whole different conversation. You know, and as Moore himself will say, oh, you know, the butcher, look what they did to my boy, right? But there's elements of the film that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's. I still go back and watch it every now and again you know it's fun you know it's not necessarily a, a political project it's kind of you know you the film is your bog standard you know rising up against authority um and I think there's a little there's a little something there that's missing from the book that I encourage that I encourage everybody to uh, to look at Hugo uh, Weaving
1: yeah. as V though is a great casting choice he does the voice like, you can't Hugo like, Weaving hear it and in.
0: Hugo Weaving and uh, John Hurt as the, uh, as the chancellor. Oh, character. no doubt. No mm-hmm. doubt. I mean, and it's got great moments. I think really my favorite, cast.
1: we'll get to my favorite scene in the book, but my favorite scene in the book is the Valerie scene. And it's, I think done almost perfectly in the movie. In the film. Yes. Yeah. It's mm. pitch,
0: it's pitch perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, that that's the thing. It's a, it's a, it's a really stirring story as a, as a political, as a political project, you know, the film, not at all the book, you know, we have our issues with it. But let's hear about the guy behind the book, Alan Moore, born in
1: 1953, an He's English author, 69 years old. Nice. Yes. 69 years old. Very nice. Very nice. Um, legendary comic book writer from Northampton, The Burroughs, which um, if you don't know The Burroughs, you haven't read the book Jerusalem because it probably says the burrows in the book jerusalem ten thousand times which is his 2016 book that i refer to as basically his manifesto very interesting mostly about class
0: and the nature of space time mm-hmm.
1: um i admit, I, never I, admit I
0: haven't read a i haven't read a thousand plus page book in quite a while it's but, so long. uh that's, that'll be my next
1: one um his father was a brewery worker his mother was a printer and he read like crazy he described his reading style as carnivorous Uh, this is included comic books. He was a big fan of the flash and other superheroes, um, as well as just whatever he could get his hands on notably literacy rates in his area. Very, very low. Um, Mm. even like by poor area standards. Um, so he felt defined by his relationship to the written word in a way that maybe even you know your normal bookworm child wouldn't because it's not just that you're a bookworm child. You're a bookworm child in a largely illiterate section of town and some theorize, uh, though I don't know if it's been stated anywhere, that this is part of why he has a love of comics because there is a bridging of the gap yes. for even illiterate
0: people um despite his indeed yeah. like you could you could read v for vendetta without the dialogue and yeah. piece it together you could 100%. get a lot you could get a lot of it you could
1: mm-hmm. get a lot of it Despite that he wasn't a very good student he found it to be too rigid and ordered he was really into poetry fanzines and LSD the last of which got him kicked out of school at age 16 and his headmaster went around and told all schools for miles do not let this kid in he will cause problems which Alan Moore has written (laughs) yeah I probably would have
0: um Alan this Moore kid def- dropped acid one time like don't don't admit him
1: <laughs> well he was selling LSD as well
0: um yeah.
1: he describes himself he as the only one no not at all he describes himself as the worst LSD salesman of all time just openly being like you want to get some and like using like of just a magic word how do you um, do fellow kids knew. but he was actually yeah. a kid but he was actually a kid yes <laughs> but people always described him as an old soul people thought he was older than he was even as a young man um He worked odd jobs and lived at home. Janitor, Tanner, um, just did what he could. He married Phyllis Dixon, also known as Phyllis Moore, uh, in 1973, and at this point became a subcontractor for a gas company and just wanted to die. He just hated the work, hated the office work. He decided to just drop out of the job and live on cheap commissions and unemployment benefits, and he just was like, I'll just die before I keep doing this. That's a move. Um, yeah. He got started in comics around this time writing a parody of Paddington Bear called Anon E. Mouse mm. um, and then worked with Steve Moore, no relation, um, but would write the novelization for V for Vendetta later on, uh, notably, um, though Steve Moore had nothing to do with the project Um he also would work on Marvel Comics, Warrior Comics, etc., um, and he worked with him on the Axel Press Button Cyborg Comics. Now, just so you know, I am not going to list every comic that Alan Moore has had an association with, or has been involved with. That would take way too long. It would be the whole episode. Yeah, it'd be the whole episode. He has so many little projects: Press Button, Roscoe Moscow, The Stars My Degradation, Maxwell the Magic Cat. All of these within that just. Sp- ban right there notably that last one he loved and was actually making money on and he dropped because the paper wrote a negative piece on homosexuals um this is in the early 80s and he is that is not a popular position in the late 70s early 80s -hmm. um in britain margaret thatcher is about to be elected um there this is not a time where that is popular this is a principled guy um He became more interested in writing than drawing in this period, um, basically liking to do sketches and having what he described as more talented artists do stuff afterwards. He had an eye for action, like how to draw the scenes and what they should look like, but he felt that the actual details were not his strong suit. Um, he submitted to Judge Dredd to try and write for Judge Dredd and the company was like, we don't need help. We've got a team writing Judge Dredd and it's huge. But the writer, Alan Grant said, and this is an exact quote, wait, this guy is a really fucking good writer, end quote. That is a direct quote, um, and got him some work. Um, he also got him some, he got him some work there and got him some work working on Doctor Who Weekly as well, um, So you get into the 80s and he starts picking up regular work through his connection with Alan Grant. He starts working for Marvel and he wrote 50 or so comics with them, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, especially with the uh, Future Shocks. He wrote a lot of short stories for them. He worked on a series called Skiz, which was a self-conscious knockoff of E.T. and helped run Dr. and Quench in 1983, which he described as Dennis the Menace with thermonuclear power. Um, He worked on The Ballad of Halo Jones, Captain Britain, Star Wars comics, anyone who would take him. In 1982, the first issue of V for Vendetta is published in the comic Warrior, and it is his first big boy hit. Um, Warrior is actually a comic sort of publication that would fizzle out after a few issues. Notably, he also publishes his first issue of Miracle Man in Warrior. So more... Warrior uh, Issue 1 has Miracle Man and V for Vendetta in it and a few other comics that are lost to history. It, it does not last very long at all, Man. despite having these two super iconic comics uh, being in them. Um, and it is notable the um, the dichotomy between Miracle Man and V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta is about the destruction of a fascist government. Miracle Man is about a superhero who sets up a fascist government. So kind of a pre-Watchmen. It's pre-Watchmen, and it is just straight-up Homelander. Like, mm-hmm. he's the character of Homelander. Um, but it is it is him definitely laying the seeds that will become Watchmen. Um, Viva Vendetta was originally published in black and white um, and was published from 1982 to 1985. Really? And then Warrior was canceled, and uh, they didn't finish it. The last three chapters mm-hmm. were not released. Um, and, yeah, that drove some people insane. Um, it would not be released, uh, the final version with the last few chapters for another three years till DC comics with vertigo picked it up and they colorized it at this time. Um, so, um,
0: which makes it all the more interesting because there's, there's one or two characters, um, particularly early on who remain totally black and white. Um, I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of, uh, wife.
1: Mm -hmm. Not to mention V himself.
0: Yes. Um, Of course. Yes. With a blush. mm I don't know what to make yeah. of it, but we'll get into it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, he also got into music in this period. Not really that important, except the I'm only noting it because he called his band the Sinister Ducks. And I thought that was awesome. <laughs> um, he started working with DC Comics shortly after, where he wrote Swamp Thing, which is a huge deal, um, and helped launch the career of noted artists such as Neil Gaiman, um, or Gaiman, I never know, Neil Gamer. Neil gay man. I don't know, (laughs) whatever it is. Um, he wrote some introspective Superman. He didn't really want to do it. So he just wrote what happened to man of tomorrow, um, which is like an iconic Superman thing, but he was like kind of like an anti-superhero guy. Mm -hmm. Um, but this launched more to genuine fame, especially when he wrote Watchmen in 1986. Um, and he despised fame. I mean, he just hated it. He hated going to cons. He does not go to these things. He says he after once being hounded into a bathroom for an autograph, he's he just couldn't do it anymore. He does not like it. He's a very solitary, anxious person. He does give interviews and he is apparently very gracious with fans, but he cannot go in places where he's just surrounded by people. It, no, it freaks him no, the hell. Yeah. Out.
0: Um um yeah, you have to take that kind of thing on your own terms.
1: 1988, he wrote The Killing Joke, which is often called the best Batman comic of all time. Um, And then he broke with DC almost immediately after this because they did not pay him anything. He got less than 2% of the revenue from Watchmen. Wow. Less than 2% from Watchmen. Um, They promised him rights after the publication was done, but then they basically found ways to keep them technically in publication. So these rights never went back to him, allowing DC to make the Watchmen film and other such things, which absolutely drove more insane. Mm. Uh, That's fucked. He left in 1989. Basically, the second V for Vendetta was over because he wanted that thing to be out because he did love V for Vendetta. Um, again, there's a lot more to say, so I, I'll try and move fast. He started mad love comics with his wife and their threesome partner slash mutual lover, Deborah Delano, in the early 90s. Um, and he tried to move away from superheroes and he used these issues to promote homosexuality and donated all proceeds to gay and lesbian charities. Um, and he, I, my notes say he wrote other stuff. Honestly, this would take too long. <laughs> um, in this time, he also wrote From Hell, a fictionalized account of Jack the Ripper, a 10 year project that ran till 1998. That's another one of his big ones. Uh, he also worked on Lost Girls in this period, a comic about grown up fairy tale characters having sex. Um, and I could do, yeah, as one does,
0: there's a lot um, of that in, uh, in uh, adult comics.
1: Yeah. In this period, his wife left him and took his two daughters and their mutual lover. So that was an L. Um, He he lost he lost he lost them both. The wife ran off with the threesome partner, Um, you know, and uh, yeah, he he then in 1993 basically was like, fuck it. I'm coming out as a magician. Um, And people were like, what? And he was like, you heard me. And this is also the period he says he wrote his worst work um interestingly enough man was going through a divorce and losing his children and also m- losing a partner that was clearly something to him understandable that this is like a weird time for him mm-hmm. um but he returned to dc a little later oh oh and notably um notably sorry on lost girls he worked with a woman named melinda gebby he would marry her in 2007 so yes. you know there's something they 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 bonded over something getting horny over peter pan or whatever Um,
0: That's a a brilliant foundation for a relationship. It's true. Not even joking. Slow burn, uh,
1: too. (laughs) He returned to DC in 1999 when they said they would let him do anything, and it gave him his own imprint and not touch his work. ABC Comics, where he made The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Promethea and Tom Strong. Shocker, he feuded with DC again. They tried to control his work, and he left. Mm -hmm. In 2005, Moore spoke deeply about hating the comics industry, and he got into more niche stuff. Um, he wrote a long essay on porn in 2006 with his release of the lost girl collection, which became his book, 25,000 years of erotic freedom. Um, wow. he became a regular on the infinite monkey cage, uh, radio drama in 2009. And he gives interviews there still, he regularly returns there to, to basically hash out his theories. Um, a bunch of more little projects, um, in short magazines such as alan moore's *Yugoth cultures and other growths and in 2016 he wrote his trilogy hmm. of books that is really one book jerusalem and he basically sees that as like his magnum opus mm-hmm. um and having read it i i see why he says that um i it's also a book that's hard to recommend to people because it's just it's very meandering he retired from comics in 2016 and then proceeded to w- write a bunch more comics for the next three years Um, But then in 2019, he seems to have actually retired. He is presently working on a textbook of magic with a to-be-determined release date. And he says that's the project that consumes most of his time. And he wants to release the textbook of magic um, to teach you how to do magic. Um, I wrote, it's almost silly to call him successful. He is the most successful comic author of all time. Watchmen is the only comic to make it onto Time's 100's best novel lists. Um, it, it's it's like to, his list of awards is its own page. It's just not. It's 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 he's successful beyond all imagining. Um, which is interesting that he's also such a weird little guy because he um, said he once wrote in a comic. The one place the gods inarguably exist is the human mind. And then he said, oh, shit, that's true, and (laughs) became a practicer of magic. He believes in the concept of idea space, where he says we have our own ideas that are houses, but they are on shared streets. He says big ideas are continents on which these streets rest. He says big ideas like, you know, Marxism and Christianity, um, which he puts on the
0: same level he originated the character of uh, of John Constantine as yes. well as the um, as well as the sort of legend that's passed down yeah, among these play, illustrators yeah. you know to to you know the people who have uh, have drawn written for uh, John Constantine claim to have met the character
1: yes his primary deity is the roman snake god glycon and Let's he carries go. around a serpent staff to represent it um what else is there to say, man? He's he's refused his name to appear on film adaptations or to get money from them as because he's mad they exist. Some of them insist on using his name anyway, and they are legally obligated to give him money, in which he demands they donate them to Black
0: Lives Matter or similar organizations. Famously, um, there was a, there was somebody who lied on him um, when *V for Vendetta* was coming out. Uh, some yeah. producer who was like, "Yeah, you know, Alan Moore is all for this," and he's like, "Fuck you, no, I'm not yeah." Mm-hmm.
1: He basically called the movie. He said that it was like a lazy, like trying to do American Bush era politics politics. politics uh commentary in britain and he said stop being lazy use your own country as the backdrop Mm -hmm. um um he's interestingly he's lost people have estimated it's in the millions the amount of money is forfeited on these film adaptations he's called superhero movies as a whole not just his but all of them a blight on cinema and culture for man children um and he says that they seem to be a pretext for fascism. Um, basically, saying what, what, saying the fact that so many grown people, their entire obsession is with superhero films, um, is this idea of like this like he says he feels like it's this it's a de- de- denigration of the mind. And he says he has part he feels partially to blame for making Watchmen, which was the superheroes for adults thing. I would push back on that, but you know, guy's gonna blame himself for things. Um, finally. My man is an anarchist. He believes, and he says this himself, all states arise out of a natural state of anarchy. It is the foundation of all systems from communism to capitalism to feudalism. Uh, as such, he strongly supported Occupy Wall Street, Black Lives Matter. And the only time he says he's voted was for Jeremy Corbyn um, because he just said he felt like he really needed to. Um, you, you could do a lot worse. Yeah. He's viciously criticized Frank Miller calling him a misogynist and a homophobe. I he actually is. Well, yes. I actually like this uh quote by him so I'm going to include it. Um because Frank Miller uh criticized the Occupy and he said the Occupy and and and, and more said, quote The Occupy movement is a completely justified howl of moral outrage, and it seems to be handled in a very intelligent, nonviolent way, which is probably another reason why Frank Miller would be less than pleased with it. I'm sure if it had been a bunch of young sociopathic vigilantes with Batman makeup on their faces, he'd be more in favor of it, end quote. Um, He also says – and this is a description of his theory of anarchy – quote – I believe that all other political states are in fact variations or outgrowths of a basic state of anarchy. After all, when you mention the idea of anarchy to most people, they will tell you what a bad idea it is because the biggest gang would just take over, which is pretty much how I see contemporary society. We live in a badly developed anarchist situation in which the biggest gang has taken over and have declared that it is not an anarchist situation. That it is a capitalist or a communist situation. But I tend to think that anarchy is the most natural form of politics for a human being to actually practice, end quote. And in his conception of anarchy, he's taking that word very literally, like the Mm -hmm. anarchy as in without rulers – um, yes. He is yes. very Not, not without
0: or not without order, notably as as yes. you know, he himself points out. But yeah, without without leaders, and he feels very strongly about that. That there would still be organized stuff in an anarchist society,
1: but there just cannot be rulers. Um, he's he's wrong about certain things, I think, but that is his perspective. Um, the last thing I'll note is he said in an interview uh very recently they asked him well what what do we need to do about uh capitalism and he said i would really th- i wish the solution was to behead the bankers but unfortunately we'll have to do something uh less interesting like beheading financial capital as an entity and seizing yes. assets mm. and he says though he thinks the other thing would be much more gratifying. (laughs) Yeah. You know, critical support. Oh man. And that was a while. That's a lot of my voice, but that is a crash course
0: in the just
1: wild figure of
0: Alan Moore. Yeah. Thoughts, Joss? Yeah, no, definitely. He's a, he's a towering figure. He's a frequently misunderstood one. And he's one that, you know, again, gateway to a lot of really intriguing political um you know political moments political mm-hmm. moments and strains you know um Thatcherite Britain I admit I don't have a whole lot of uh, experience with but you know to an experience yeah you know an, ex- well, an experience that produced this right it's 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 I mean you know as bad as 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 bad as Bush era United States was you know this is I mean you know notably uh... though he
1: did conceive this pre-Thatcher yes um but uh, but it is definitely informed by Thatcher. And oh, like yeah. That, and he, and he
0: saw the way and he saw the way the wind was blowing. Certainly, you know, no, as... it says make Britain great again is a line on the first page. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's and and, and you know, indeed, before uh, before Donald Trump used that, you know, make America great again. Reagan did. Let's make America great again. You know, and he very yeah. correct. He very correctly called the era of reaction. Mm-hmm. That um, that began sort of in the uh, late seventies through the through the eighties and um, is only I think starting to be rolled back.
1: Yes, one hundred percent. It it and and he he writes a interesting the um, the version I have the the cover is he says, and I won't read the whole thing, but he says I began V for Vendetta in the summer of nineteen eighty one during a working holiday upon the Isle of Wight. My youngest daughter, Amber, was a few months old. I finished it in the late winter of 1988 after a gap of publishing of nearly five years from the discontinuation of England's Warrior magazine, its initial home. Amber is now seven. I don't know why I mentioned that. It's just one of those unremarkable facts that strike you suddenly with unexpected force so that you have to go and sit down. Mm -hmm. And then there's a moment he says a little later in the quote, and, and I like this naivete can also be detected in my supposition that it would take something as melodramatic as a near miss nuclear conflict to nudge English England towards fascism um because yeah he and he goes on to note Margaret Thatcher is now entering her third term he's writing this Mm -hmm. in 1988 um, and talking about unbroken conservative leadership they're talking about you know concentration camp for people with AIDS. He says, the new riot police wear black visors, as do their horses. The vans have rotating video cameras on top, and the government has expressed a desire to eradicate homosexuality, even as an abstract concept. Now, fortunately, um, it didn't quite get as bad as V for Vendetta did due to the active fight back of the organized and and disorganized, I suppose, to give credit to some independent activists. uh, Left there, there was actual resistance, mm-hmm. um, to this, um, Moore's putting out a call actively for resistance, um, and can be credited with some of the riots that took place in the nineties against some of this stuff, I think. Um, so yeah, but yeah, notable, notable that he's, he's writing it in this place and that pause allows him to feel like he's experiencing the beginning of this society
0: yes yes and it's and and, you know as as reactionary as you know as reactionary as an era as we're still living in you know it's it's not the it's not the england shown in v for vendetta Mm -hmm. the, the 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 england shown in v for vendetta and this is perhaps where we can get into the plot is one where such forces organized and disorganized have been lost they have been completely burned out um we have it is 1997. It is 1997. Year uh, I was born, baby. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Hmm. 1997, uh 511, never forget. So um, and so it starts our first page. Um I mean the first panel, you know, you have a sort of um a sort of uh, dutch angle here, you know, it's tilted and immediately it, Im- it immediately unsettles you. We're in the middle of the night. November 5th, 1997 in a uh, fascist Britain.
1: Yes. And the whole the art style off the bat is a, is it's playing with shadows in a very interesting way. The whole thing is, um, and and it's, it's designed to sort of, I don't know. Everything is very, I'm not good at talking about art. I'm going to be honest. This is not my forte. So, no, you know, this is kind of outside. We tried to get an artist on this episode, um, but she sent in a note for me to read. So how's that? Yeah. Um, she says right I like how detailed the work is and the use of blacks for shading. A lot of people think that using black for shading is a no-go and but it's graphic mi- novels like that that use the style in a unique and gritty way that actually works. Blacks for shading notably, you know, being something that can be just not work in a in a, in in lesser hands can be um, not just unsettling, but take you out of the work. but in this that you know the, the art is not just competent, but also it is this thing that draws your eyes to specific things on the page in a very specific way. Um, it can be hyper detailed, but it can also mm-hmm. have these moments of giving these large silhouettes. But you tend to know, you know, maybe with a couple exceptions, what's going on. But it's like interesting. Like on the first page, you see a mass of people, but because of how they're drawn, they blend together into a singular mass that, like, there's the thing over it. And uh, un- unfortunately, I'm not this like super competent, um, you know, understander of art, but it is a thing that uh, informs the experience of reading this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's it is people. It is sky. It is road, you know, and and it frames our uh, protagonist here in the uh, sixth panel, 16 uh, year old Evie Hammond. She's mm. getting dolled up for a uh, for a night on the town. Um, well, I say a night on the town. She, Make it sound fun. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not fun. She's going out to uh, to sell her body because her um her child labor job at the uh, factory just is not cutting it she makes at the munitions, munitions factory yeah at the munitions factory yes she's been working there since she was 12 um cuz they're fighting a war that gets mentioned like twice in Scotland yeah against yeah, the Scottish
1: it, liberation front and like i when i say mentioned twice i mean way in the background
0: Yeah, it's it's there's like one newscast on it. And then, yeah, it's it's blinking. You'll miss it. That's the Mm -hmm. thing. Like, it's 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 against the backdrop of, you know, as you said in uh, Alan Moore's intro, right? There has been a nuclear war. um, The Soviet Union and the United States, led by Ted Kennedy in this reality, um, Mm -hmm. have come to blows over something going down in Poland. Europe's Mm -hmm. been obliterated. Africa's been obliterated. Presumably, America as well. um yeah, it doesn't there's, really there's like, say. The Soviet like,
1: Union still around, though. There's like it actually...
0: conditions, yeah, in the Soviet Union because of the nuclear winter. But that's that's literally You know, there is a pet theory, and I don't really want to espouse it one way or another until I see the film. But there is a theory that I that I find funny that Mad Max takes place in the V for Vendetta continuity. You know, not, we, you know, we don't he- yeah, we don't hear anything about Australia, indeed, um, or pretty much anywhere else in the world um outside of Britain. Britain's cut off. I thought I
1: thought Mad Max was just how Australians lived. I, I thought that was just a documentary and Tom Hardy just braved the, the outback.
0: That could very well be. That could very well be. I think that's the case, actually. Who run Bottertown? <laughs> no, so there's a with nowhere to uh, with nowhere to colonize. Of course, Britain's turned its repressive force in on itself. So you know, it is as Moore said, it is the uh, surveillance state, it is the uh, carceral state, it is the police state ramped up to eleven. Uh, and there's this party that's taken over called Norsefire harkening you know, back to uh you know england's like germanic roots you know it's very it's very much it's very much nazis but different um yeah
1: and they and they call
0: themselves fascists explicitly yes. as well oh, you know you there, have, there's a whole yeah there's a whole monologue uh by uh by chancellor adam susan about uh why he's a fascist yeah a fascist and a um shall we say technophile one could one could say, one could say, that. One could say that we'll <laughs> we'll uh, we'll unpack that a little, um, uh-huh. but yeah. So Evie's um, Evie's little min, little uh, evening routine is juxtaposed with that of our um, our deuteragonist, perhaps mm-hmm. uh, V, the man, the in boy the, himself. Uh, yeah. yeah, the boy himself, the man in the guy fox mask with the knives. Um, they're getting uh, and again. This is a sequence that I thought the um, the film did pretty well. Oh yeah, because it's. Again, there's there's many beats in the film that replicate the uh, book really well, because here is a newscast going on. The voice of fate is laying out the uh, situation, you know, in terms of rations, in terms of uh, riots being put down. Um, and, I think it yeah. kills – the movie kills the aesthetic. Like, it does the aesthetic very well, I think. It does um, the aesthetic, but it shows the face of, you know, uh, the, of the voice of fate, which I think yes. is a mistake. Yeah,
1: it's an interesting – what they're doing is they're making it glint back, right?
0: Oh, yes. and, and
1: the movie wants, uh, and, and like, I guess we should like say this more explicitly when we make movie comparisons. Mm-hmm. The movie is about basically early 2000s George W. Bush and like Tony Blair. Like, it is, it is a, it is a, I think like Patriot Act piece for the most part
0: it's it's glenn beck with i remember going to the movies when i was like 10 or 12 when glenn beck was still just like getting off the ground and like in the like advert in the like advertisements for not like films but like just like media events you know fathom and whatnot like there would be commercials for glenn beck of him like sobbing about about one thing or another and that was his thing at first like he would he would you know get worked up and cry he was kind of like I mean, he was a less angry Alex Jones in just in terms of demeanor. And, you know, I was 10. I didn't understand it. Jordan Peterson
1: meets Alex Jones. Yes, 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 exactly.
0: Yeah, it's 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 weird. But, you know, there is an element of um, there's an element of off the wallness and an element of playfulness that uh, that fascism. Um, that fascism employs when it's when it's kind of getting its hooks in, you know, yeah. they have to be vigilant about.
1: And in this case, V is actually steps in and does a monologue to protect Evie from the attacks of Fingermen. Fingermen being like the secret police. Yes, she society. propositions
0: a, a secret policeman. They're about to they're about to rape her because that's their legal prerogative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they can do what they like with her and then turn her in. Um, and, and V and V kicks their ass, kills a couple yes. of them. Drop, drops
1: them and does like the monologue from the beginning of uh, Macbeth, yes. where he says his sword smoked with bloody execution, and you know, did, did, does the whole does the whole, and 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 V will constantly be quoting things and yeah. hearkening back.
0: Um, and I want to point out as well, um, what he's saying from act one, scene two of Macbeth, you know, the multiplying, uh, villainies of nature do swarm upon him and fortune on his damned quarrel, smiling showed like a rebel's whore. Uh, but all is too weak for brave Macbeth. Well, he deserves that name, you know? Um, so at that point in Macbeth, right, Macbeth is talking about this rebellion that he's put down. He is a war hero in Scotland because he's mm-hmm. beaten this guy, MacDonald, you know, in the forces mm-hmm. of, uh, Ireland and Norway. Mm-hmm. Um, but Macbeth himself, of course, goes on to be the he's, he goes on to be the villain, you know, so he has spoiler a, alert, spoiler uh, alert for 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 a 400 year old play. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From James the second. So yeah, he so he's he's saying right off the bat, OK, he there is a hero who has a moment, who has a function that he fulfills, um, who will go on to be um, who will go on to be obsolete, who will go on to be yeah. struck down
1: and indeed to be villainous. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and and then he proceeds to uh blow up parliament
0: yeah yeah notably um, notably yeah. you know the the ending set piece in the movie is the beginning set piece in the book
1: yeah it, it basically um so the final scene in the movie is been blowing up parliament is fulfilling what like guy fox failed to do mm-hmm. um the book basically decides to do that but with like the head which is like the 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 fascist Core, like it's it's the place they've built. Uh, I guess the movie just decided. You know, I, I don't know.
0: It doesn't really matter. Well, because you know, Americans, Americans don't know what Ten Downing Street is. You know yeah. that's because because that's what that's what that's what uh, gets blown up at the end of the book. Spoiler alert.
1: <laughs> and 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 um and yeah, Evie is now with V, and it's like, well, she has nowhere to go. Um, and he takes her back to his lair, his man uh, cave. He just presumably he just like has all the art that has ever been created um and then you get what is interesting to me which is so much of this i don't know if it's most but like a good half of this is spent in the quote-unquote villains like with the villains it is with the police hunting for v it is with the um you know adam susan basically the fuhrer or whatever the president i don't know what its supreme leader with you know the wives of these people um with a lot of like characters who work and in in notably the in the different ministries which are like you know kind of 1984 adjacent
0: you have the big screens all that mm-hmm. um named after big... um named after the um um I mean you have the finger men of course yes, the hand yes that's yeah. uh, that's carrying out the secret police stuff. You have the ear, which is surveillance. You have the yeah. eye, which is also surveillance. You have the nose, yeah. which is like um, the normal police, basically. Yeah, your your detectives and whatnot. Yeah, he likes face imagery in the in this book. Does more, um, and indeed, I mean, one of my favorite panels early on is. Um, is you know this is the face of uh, this is the face of Britain says the um, the broadcast and it's Evie's face painted up to go out and prostitute herself. Yeah, you know it's it's a really stark indictment of you know of where of where the uh, Norsefire government has uh, has 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 plunged people into.
1: And it's notable as well because it's just the concept of being a part of the whole being a part of the machine to be very to be just another brick in the wall you know that kind of thing like uh yeah everyone applaud my impression of course that was great um but um it's the idea of like no you're the nose and then you work for the nose and it's like being small and they all work for this like supercomputer called fate which they've basically set up to just dictate where things go in the economy um fate notably we don't really know much about fate the supercomputer we don't really know that much of what it's doing day to day we know only Adam Susan is really supposed to usually have access to it uh that being the Chancellor Supreme leader dude and we know like he wants to fuck it um <laughs> he, he, like he's like I've never known a woman's touch but fate it's it's beautiful and it does not know love and it's and it basically it's like you know it's the algorithm it's the market it's the you know do that as you will. It is the thing making the calculations. Mm-hmm. And notably, and I think it like um and and it's actually one of the books, like weird missteps, I think, um, is how they introduce like basically V has been controlling fate to some extent. Um, and that's like been how he's been pulling things off. You find that out towards the end. Um, not that it's like a bad plot point, but it is like a little bit of a weird thing that comes up later on but we can get into it a misstep is a weird way of putting it i find it to be like kind of strange day machina what how, call it, call it what you will well um, and,
0: and notably like v is always one step ahead of norse fire he's mm-hmm. always one step ahead of the nose and all those he's guys. never threatened really at all at those, all at all yeah. you know and i you know we'll get into it, but you know, in many ways, V is a force of nature, right? He is yeah. uh, he he's this inevitable sort of, um, embodiment of, uh, contradiction, right? Yeah. That this government has produced. And you know, I mean, like CLR James, n- no, not CLR James, um, Marx said that, you know, he's the, he's the weapon that's, that's been forged by the, um, by the hand of the oppressor that will bring him down. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I agree with you. Him, Sort of having hacked the computer from the beginning is something I don't think needed to be explained. I was perfectly fine with the uh, with the mystique of it. Um, you know, again, we're 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 splitting hairs here. I I, I do want to know. I completely forgot to add this.
1: I wrote this. The film sees Parliament as the great evil. The book sees it as outdated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's an important like framework here as well. Um, but yeah um the voice of fate is not a talking head it is the voice of a computer and it is a actual guy recording it people are supposed to think that the computer is speaking um that is like the state as a disembodied truth versus personality Mm. um more is again an anarchist therefore individualism is seen as basically the highest good freedom as the highest good and therefore the compartmentalization the facelessness of the state the facelessness of the voice of fate the just ai-ness of fate i, I imagine i can't imagine what Moore thinks about chat gpt but it's got to be some <laughs> unalt un some unutterable screeching curse and a dead language i have to oh, one one hundred percent well he believes about- it's
0: satan magic i have yes to well, and you know what the worst part of it is when it is. Um, when there is a voice of fate and when there is a totalitarian Brit. I hate that word totalitarian, but you know you know what I mean. Um, when there is a voice of fate and when there is a fascist Britain, you know, and Chat GPT is running is running the computer, all the propaganda posters it produces are going to have the weirdest fucking hands. <laughs> Honestly, that's an interesting concept. Black
1: Mirror episode, right there. AI <laughs> runs society, and it's like as shitty as the AI is right now. Write it down. No,
0: oh, mm, mm. And the whole time that the episode is uh, is playing, right, it cleverly sort of leaves people's hands out of frame, and then that's like good. somebody's having breakfast, and the camera pans down, and his hands are really <laughs> there. We go. There we go. Um, yeah.
1: So to just and at this point, um, you you kind of find out a little bit about the background. There was a war in 1988 with President Kennedy. Like we said, there was this war, um, many years of chaos, and the Norse Fire takes over in 1992. Yes, Moore correctly describes fascism as a blend of corporate and reactionary power pulling from the aesthetics of the past. It is now 1997. They have been in power for five years. Yes, Moore is not. More is aware of what a fascist is. He is aware of what it means to be a fascist and not just an authoritarian right winger. He mm-hmm. he he he's on it
0: with that. Well, and as well, you know, you have that illusion of order that mm. fascism depends on. You know, I mean, Evie herself, when um, when she when she sees the blowing up the Palace of Westminster, right, her first reaction is, "Oh my God, you can't do that. That's illegal." Right. Yeah. You know the 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 question the question of um the question of morality has been has been solved and settled by this authority.
1: Right. Nine one one. What's your emergency? He can't do that. That's a that's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> um. It, it's and 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 notably, like it's very early in this like first beginning part where you kind of have the vendetta introduced as you learn about throughout it because V has a vendetta. Um, obviously against this society in general, but more specifically against those who wronged him personally and those around him at the Lark Hill concentration camp. Um, and the first guy on his list is the voice of fate, Louis Prothero. Um, and he's got these like ironic punishments he does for people. Louis Prothero was his captain. So he puts him through this whole thing where he's has to be an inmate, in the concentration camp and he sees all his precious dolls that he collects because he's a creepy doll collector get burned. And then he basically breaks the guy's mind. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where we see V is obsessed with aesthetics. He's obsessed with theatricality. He And he can basically accomplish any feat of theater he wants to. He can essentially do anything. V is, I mean, like, there are elaborate threads online proving V doesn't do anything supernatural technically. And I guess that's true. But V is not of this world v is able to work beyond there is no official metahuman superpower here but like everything he is able to elaborately do is basically the spirit of like what joshua said contradiction the spirit of the press the spirit of those murdered at lark hill basically in this guy that Mm. is fucked up and 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 yeah, twisted, joker fied, whatever you want to call him. He is a little joker fied. He is going to become the V Vendetta. And and he is, you know, um, he's he's on a rampage and, and and with all the power that brings.
0: Yes, you 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 get a sense of um you get a sense of the experiments done on him and how he's the only one who came through like all this weird chemical shit. Like, um, the concentration camp prisoners are put through, like, brutal, brutal, like, chemical, like, testing, experimentation. Like, it's real Joseph Mengele shit, right? Yeah. This person... No, they're, like, like growing fingers out of their, like... Like, thighs, yeah. Like, stuff. like, bizarre, yeah. T- bizarre teratomas, like, plasticky skin. You know, V is the one person who comes out of it intact, and he channels it into, yeah, this, this long, complex revenge... And prison break. Like he befriends Louis Prothero and the other uh, officials in the concentration camp. He wins them over, at least, you know, on a conversational sort of, uh, sort of, he he builds a rapport with them. He gets access to, um, to like fertilizer and nitrogen yeah. and stuff and make yeah, fertilizer makes, importantly yeah. yes yes and he, and he's able to make uh napalm and um and mustard gas and that sort of thing yeah and he's and... been
1: systematically killing everyone who worked at that camp and yes he's, like his his final three targets are lewis prothero um this priest and then this this lady that he's actually not that mad at yes so um,
0: is he does does he have superpowers is he super intelligent I don't think it matters. You know, the point is he is somebody who has had time and he's somebody who knows how to play these fascists against each other, which indeed, you know, the, the, the dynamic between, as you said, the, um, the, the way that we spend time with the villains and the dynamic between them is so fascinating to me. Like you see from the beginning during the, um, during the second broadcast that we see about the destruction of the palace of Westminster, um, you have uh, almond and you have uh, Mr. Dascom, two of the, two of the heads just kind of, at each other's throats you know
1: if if there's one thing you learn from the personal life of these fascists is that fascists don't get any bitches um, <laughs> they might be married but they're it's 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 absolutely sauceless uh whether you're adam susan wanting to fuck a computer or these other guys with their wives who are like i do not want to look at you oh, they, um, take,
0: they take great pleasure in seducing each other's wives you know as yeah yeah said.
1: absolutely you have a guy like that's like this, and this is a very sexual book, too. I mean, everything more rights. He has a lot of sexuality in everything. Like he wrote that, like, he wrote an essay. Like, he believes, and he wrote this in his essay on porn, that a society's liberation is directly to tied to how sexually free people are allowed to be. And that uh, the marker of, like, success and, like, well-being in a society is directly tied to, like, whether or not you have sexual liberty. Uh, it's, it's a very anarchist thing to say. Um, But you get where he's making the connections, right? Yes. Um, It's about freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And all of it. I mean, like, you know, later on you even have – like, V is constantly using the idea of, like, I used to love justice, and she was a mistress, and now she loves – he even says – chains and whips and masks and jackboots <laughs> and you, you it's, and he it's, does it's all this, very like he this. does
0: this addressing you know that statue of uh, lady justice on top of the old bailey when he destroys Which, that can you imagine
1: if that scene was in the movie i understand why it can't be in a movie but oh god hugo weaving doing that scene how fucking weird that would have been and how like it would have been a lot of fun
0: he I himself say. could make it work how how it would be directed i don't know
1: I don't know. I'm interested to see what like a literal one to one adaptation of this graphic novel would be as a film. It mm-hmm. would be so weird and out there. Um, I mean, Moore wanted to
0: do it at one point.
1: Yeah, he did. He did. Um, he and 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 I also want to note, you know, we've not talked too much about Evie because at this point, Evie does not have a lot of agency, which is mm-hmm. the point. V has picked this girl for whatever reason. Maybe it's just that her name is Evie, which is like Eve. As in, like, the first woman making her choice, and V, which is the letter he loves so much. Um,
0: Also, E and V, five letters respectively from the beginning and the end of the alphabet.
1: Yeah, and of course, V, the V and V for Vendetta itself, um, it's a reference to the phrase in Latin that means, by the power of truth, I, while living, have conquered the
0: universe, which comes from Faust, um,
1: who also made a deal.
0: Yeah, uh, and in, in the in, in, and indeed, you know, in it's only in, in Gutta that he starts to be redeemed. In the original legend, he just he just went to hell when his when his uh, when his uh, time was up.
1: And and um Evie though, not a lot of agency very different dynamic not that natalie portman does a bad job in the film but there is a big difference when a character is 16 years old rather than mid-20s and she does not have memory of before this like Mm -hmm. she remembers the bad times pre-fascism post any kind of liberal order post-war and she remembers fascism and that's her entire experience and frame of reference and she's defined entirely by her like parental issues like serious daddy issues like having dreams about like sex dreams about her father at one point and like projecting on v this fatherhood that is not there um her father notable socialist apparently um and yeah he, uh, he
0: first appears in a save the whales shirt which i found
1: funny so true um i think the whales didn't do so well in this one but you know it makes the character of v a little different right because he saves her but i mean he also kidnaps this
0: so girl. <laughs> I, was, I was I was thinking I was thinking about it, and we'll get into that eventually. But um, it's not so much revolutionary suicide that he introduces Evie to as revolutionary murder. If that makes sense, <laughs> a lot it's, of it. It's it's specifically specifically. Um, well, we're jumping ahead. The first thing, I mean, you see shades of it in how he uses her as bait for his mm-hmm. next target, uh, who is, uh, Father Lilliman.
1: Yeah. And
0: Father Lilliman, of course, we see in the, um, in the next major, in the next major sort of, uh, sort of villain scene, right? Uh, the major, uh, Fire party members are at the, at Westminster Abbey. They're taking in a sermon. Um, I really like the, I mean, I don't like, like it, but you know, the sermon that, um, that Lilliman gives is, saying, you know, you know, thank you, God, you've delivered us from, you know, the fire in the sky, there's an evil walking among us, you know, it's a really, it's a really, intriguing like sort of re-mysticization of christianity for fascist ends that yeah. uh, that he delivers on you know I, he th- talks about like one community one race all of those things
1: you know, like, know right, like,
0: I'm folk, I'm it, yeah that's yeah he's
1: able he's able to sort of synthesize you know that slip it in and you also have just Moore's critique of christianity in general how easily it can be subverted to the end because mm-hmm. of its like hierarchical nature yeah um and then you see them just like all the like not lords, but all the ministry heads like and their wives like bitching at each other outside the church. Immediately also afterwards. also
0: um um Hayer's wife, what was her name? Um Oh and Hayer's wife, she's like quite important. Yeah, she only in like the, the Helen uh, Helen, Helen, Hayer. Ha- Helen Hare, yes. She's uh, quite thematically uh, important, I would say. Thematically, yeah. In the third in the third book she really comes into her own, but she's this intrigued me, and I'm not sure what to make of it. She's totally in black and white in this scene, and it's mm. really stark. It is bizarre. It's bizarre. Really stark. I don't know why.
1: Helen okay. Hare. yeah. Helen Hare, which like notably is a schemer. Like she is she is Lady Macbeth. We did the Be- Macbeth thing. Helen Hare is Lady Macbeth. She's yeah. also
0: got that HH thing going on that I just noticed. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: But yeah, and then you have the priest and then like what do you know? It's a pedophile priest. Mm-hmm. Um To be fair, not as much of a stereotype uh, in the early 1980s, before like a lot of the revelations came out in the early 2000s. But this also shows like people knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, More received heavy criticism for this, but he was like, "I didn't expect Catholics to read V for Vendetta anyway." (laughs) Um. Fair enough. And yeah, they have this thing. He says, "Not too old, I trust." And then it's like, "No, um, um, she's 15," and he's like upset about it. And then you have like, um. You have a line, like this like self-assured line from like the priest's attendant where he says, uh, let me see if I can get the quote exactly right. No peace for the wicked, but the righteous can get a peace whenever they feel like it.
0: God, that's uh, so fucking chilling. I love that.
1: And I also like, um, and I mean, I don't like it, but it's horrifying. The pedophile saying 15, well, Job bore his burdens. <laughs> God, that's, that's vile. That's so twisted. And then you have like the most, and I love the way like, and then like V kills him playing Beethoven's fifth to like dis- to like drown out certain things he says. And V kills him with a cyanide communion wafer. And yes. he says, and he says, if transubstantiation is true, then you will survive. Like the most r slash
0: atheism <laughs> killing him with a cyanide wafer. And oh, again, yeah, so there, there, there is a you can't help but think of you know the R slash atheism, right? The I'm 14 and this is deep. Um, and they again, love
1: this, yeah, yeah.
0: They, and it's again, fine, you know. Yeah, you know, because V did it first, and that's his whole point. Like he's making, he's making the revolution that he's putting into practice. You know, he's making uh, theatrics of it, right? He's very consciously setting up this, um, this, this—you uh, know—a ver- a very cabaret, a vicious cabaret, a vicious cabaret. Yes, you know, a very irreverent sort of aesthetic, um, cludging together various uh, theatrical traditions and he leaves literary flowers, references, music references. Yes, flowers as well, an extinct know. species of rose. Well, and indeed, you know, drawing threads of extinct culture that um, that people that people that people are left to kind of wonder at, you know, because it's, you know, they are divorced from their context, but it's because we get the sense that nobody really goes back and reads in, in uh, the society at large, you know, You notably don't have
1: anywhere that it straight up says like books are banned or something like that. Um, in, like, the talk, you do. in the movie, In the movie, do. in the like... film, you have a lot about banned media. Yes. In this, maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. but it never outright says anything is banned i honestly get the impression this is much more fahrenheit 451 that there is just such a deluge of shit that that, people don't really care to yeah to yeah um because like and and i and i you know i found it quite bold some of the choices they made in the movie especially the time coming out to be like you have a quran but that's banned like you know there was a very clear thing that they were saying with the movie and that was in its own context in a scene shortly after this evie is very upset because she's like i didn't know you were gonna kill anyone i have no idea what evie thought v was going to do (laughs) i would push back and say she knew he was going to kill someone she'd already seen him kill multiple people i think she is dealing with her own guilt and v is like no you got to be down to kill people dog like um, and, he says, and actually he comes around on this a little bit later mm-hmm. in the book. This is like maybe the one thing V like changes on in any way is he has this idea of molding Evie in the image of destruction and Evie is to become the inheritor of the destruction and be creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there is a point later where v, Evie almost kills someone and V stops her from committing the one time she was going to kill. Yes. Um, which is very interesting um and also in that scene where he's talking to her he's reading a book that just has v on it there's nothing else and it is so fucking funny he's just looking at a book that's just v and it doesn't say what the book is he does and that is I mean, so funny to me
0: he does have that thomas pynchon quote it could be that book
1: it could be but it is so funny that the cover mm-hmm. is just a v <laughs> like this, this dude and like yeah like and then there you was just look inside part... it and it's just like the letter V over and over again. It has <laughs> to be. No, it's just like, I'm imagining, like, it's literally like, what music did he play? And he said Beethoven's fifth and like tipped the cap. Like this edgy motherfucker. And like, literally, literally, yeah, the end, exactly. Like,
0: when he says ideas are bulletproof, he does the fucking like tip of the hat. Mm-hmm. And like, Moore knows
1: how funny this is. Like, yes. to be clear, like, this is, it's not, it's supposed to be funny and ridiculous. This is a guy who is like, not normal and good and cool necessarily. But there like, is yeah.
0: There is a um normal there's a series of Harry Potter fanfics. Um you know My Immortal, yeah. Oh yes, my um there's Harry Potter and the Sword of the Hero, Harry Potter and the Defiance of the Hero, and then Harry Potter and the Soul of the Hero. And the author, I believe he was an urban fan he's an urban fantasy writer now, so he's doing like legit like um original fiction. But the story where, like, Harry starts out, you know, as Harry Potter, and then by the end, he and Voldemort are literally, like, throwing universes at each other, like, godlike. Like, literally, it ends with Harry recreating the universe, but, like, shifting it slightly so that Voldemort and the Death Eaters are out of it. The point being that the prose is shot through with those references, you know, uh, you want to shake the hand that shook the world, you know. Uh, I think Harry at one point says you want to dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. And, and it's like, why are they saying this? It's just cool. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's not there's not the context again that they're resurrecting culture to use as a weapon, right? There's not mm-hmm. the context that V that V has where he's using the uh, the threads of the old society as a garrot with which to uh, to choke the fascists out. It's just it's just references for references' sake. Yes,
1: um, and, and I that's will... the sort of
0: thing that gets spawned, you know, unfortunately by this by this by this you know very genuine use of the of the reference spawn
1: notably a comic written by alan moore in 1994 that he said was part of his worst run he ever
0: did Uh uh-huh um never read it myself so cannot comment spawn Um, uh was a guest character in uh, the xbox version of soul Calibur 2 so true we're getting Uh, off track (laughs) (laughs) um book one ends with a
1: revelation of what happened at lark hill which we kind of already went over and him killing um the last woman who was there. Uh, leaving the woman who felt bad about it, and leaving her a violet Carson flower. And in that moment, Almond, uh, this dude Almond, almost catches V. He shows up at the scene of the crime, and his gun is not loaded. And the thing, the reason his gun is not loaded is he's been feuding with his wife because V has been in his fucking head. Um, and so he put the gun up to his wife, but it was unloaded on purpose. And this dude has now like, yeah, as as, as gone as gone nuts. So. Um, And because of that, because of the psychological damage and the psychological war V is waging, is able to escape and kill this guy, Uh, thus widowing Rose Almond, who is quite important because she represents this character who, like, didn't particularly have a great relationship with her husband, Mm -hmm. but now she's cut loose. The state is going to provide her with zero support, uh, despite – she was a housewife her whole life because she – that's what he wanted her to be. She had a career, but, like, she left it. She was supposed to have kids with him, and it never happened. Um, and so she's going to chase relationships, and she's eventually going to actually, like, become basically a sex worker and a a, a dancer at a cabaret. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that is going to be... She is going to be this, like, alienated person as a result of that.
0: I love the fact that Almond forgets to load his fucking gun, right? Yeah. Because that's... it's It really... It really strikes at the heart of what fascism is, which fundamentally is cowardly, right? And it's about you know not only not only um, brutal violence against your uh, against your uh, downtrodden, against your working class, against your uh, undesirables, quote unquote, yeah. but the cultivation of the idea thereof, right? You don't have to be surveilling everybody; you just have to have this idea that you know incredible violence could descend upon you from the you know corporate state apparatus um, if you if you step out of line. And that's the thing. Like he gets so wrapped up in his own, in, in that image, right? He, he he literally says to he literally says to V. He has a monologue before V comes and ices him, where he's like, "Well, now it's you and me, and I've got a gun, and you don't." And that's all he has, you know. He's it's very. I mean, you know, nine inch nails. I'm a big man, and I have a big gun, you know. Yeah, that and notably.
1: Offspring. During this whole time, I guess we didn't make this point, but um, Eric Finch, who's a guy who works at, at the Nose, has been investigating V and figuring out all this Lark Hill stuff. Mm-hmm. I make that point just because he's like not – honestly, He he becomes more important later. Um, there's a lot of threads here, and it honestly doesn't feel as overwhelming when you're reading it. Yes, um,
0: it feels very overwhelming when you're describing it. But it, it feels—I I knocked this out in a single afternoon. I reread yeah. this before we went to went to record. It's, it's quite. I mean, I, I don't know that
1: it's quite short. It, it's like a pretty normal length graphic novel, but it's like it's not something that it's it's meant to be quickly consumed. It can be yes. reconsumed. Um, and and notably though, this all feels connected enough that it's not like difficult. Even when you like lose a character when you're reading it, you're like, who is that? It's like kind of like, oh, he's one of the ministry guys. We'll figure mm-hmm. it out. Um, and you do. They say their name again and they say, Oh, you from the nose. Like more knows this was written in syndication. More is writing it to remind you of certain things. Right, exactly. Because um, it's yeah, as you say, it's it's very it's effectively realized. I might add. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very effectively, I might add. Um and let's just go to the fact- I want to before yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah, before-
0: go before well before we get away from the bit where he kills the priest. Um Oh I- yeah, yeah, sure. So he says at one point, um I'm the devil and I've come to do the devil's work, right? I well, and when he first introduces himself indeed, you know he he quotes uh, sympathy for the devil, right I'm a you know, I'm a man of wealth and taste. and if you'll notice in that little panel when he says that he's got that little glare on his uh, on his hair that looks like uh, devil horns on paper mm-hmm. before um it's 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 very funny. but yeah, he says um I am the devil and I've come to do the devil's work." which is a charles manson quote mm-hmm. which and that's where i think the message starts to crystallize because you know v doesn't even consider himself a hero he doesn't consider himself a leader i don't think i think he considers himself a necessary evil right mm-hmm. he says you know later on that there are people who destroy and there are people to create and in a sense these projects are separate entirely Um. It's cyclical, I think, the way that um, the way that V views his project and views the the role of uh, anarchy in combating fascism, and we'll get into the cyclical nature of it toward the end of the book. But it's 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 striking to me, I think, that if you if you, I mean, V kicks ass throughout, right? But we're not meant to idolize him.
1: It's it's also interesting because when you get V's backstory, you never know who he is, and it is never revealed. You never see his face. Um, you don't you don't know. We don't know what skin color this guy is. We know he's a guy just because he's a man. But we, we don't we don't know. We know this. He came from a concentration camp. Therefore, he is one of the people society deemed necessary to destroy. Mm-hmm. Is he gay? Mm-hmm. Is he black? Is he communist? I, I We don't know. Like what, what is what, he a gay what, black communist? Probably um, What what he is, is someone who. Basically, it did talk about all these people who did die during these experiments, some of them queer, some of them, you know... Yeah, all of those things. And he is a synthesis of that. Mm-hmm. He is the oppressed striking back. Yes, um, yes. He V is not... I wrote down eventually, originally, does more see V as, like, the proletariat? I don't think mm-hmm. so. I don't think V is the proletariat exactly. I think V is, like the most ostracized the most like pushed down the most beaten down and Mm -hmm. v is like whatever bubbles up out of that and the idea of like you cannot no one but the oppressors can be held morally responsible for what bubbles out of the soup that they created yes um and um it is very like children of Kali for Ministry of the Future. It is very whatever. Yeah. It's like no one here is saying that this is
0: necessarily right. But what the hell did you think was going to happen? And indeed, you know, from the other side of it, you know, we have we have the oppressors, we have the the perspective of the oppressed with V. Um, and something really striking. You ever read uh, the Nazis Next Door by Eric Lichtblau? Uh No, I did not. So um, I've thought about this while um, while we. While I was reading about V's third major named victim, uh, Doctor Delia Surridge, who was yeah. basically like the Mengele of the uh, Lark Hill concentration yeah, camp, yeah, Mengele, but...
1: he felt really, really bad about it, and then wrote a diary.
0: The thing that Delia Surage says when V comes and finds her is, "You know, it's you. I knew you'd come," and that's actually ripped from. I don't know if 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 um, I don't know if Moore is specifically alluding to this. But um, in The Nazis Next Door, Eric Lipswell writes about this uh, this female concentration camp guard at Majdanek, um, Hermina Braunsteiner, who escapes to Queens in New York, married a guy, had a life um, outside of the horrific, like, she was called the stomping mare of Majdanek because she would, like, kick people with steel-toed boots, she threw children by the hair into trucks, it was terrible. And... When Nazi hunters finally tracked her down in 1964, the first thing she said, my God, I knew this would happen. You've come. Hmm. So that's the thing. Like there are there are people who know exactly what they've done and all they in, you know, all they do is just bury it. Yeah, no doubt.
1: No doubt. And, And speaking of like, you know, knowing what they've done and then this thing they've created, Evie wants to know who V is. She thinks he's her father for a while. And, and he should that down immediately. <laughs> yeah, he's like, fuck no, I'm not your father. Um, and, and, he, and, and, and he isn't, exactly, not literally, but he is in the sense that her father is someone that was taken to the camps and killed, and he is the synthesis of that, right? Mm-hmm. But he does take on this father role. I mean, like, he's reading her bedtime stories, you know? He's teaching her lessons, horrifying as they are. Uh, mm-hmm. He's reading her bedtime stories about the land of Do As You Please, which he sees as a sort of precursor to anarchy. Um, um and interestingly, he says the ch- the sanctum that he's keeping her in is a sort of land of do as you please. But like the day will come where she has to be released. Um and he is and, and, and she is indeed um uh, kicked out eventually. He he's she has like one of her lessons. He basically takes her outside and, and abandons her. Um God,
0: because- that's so fucking chilling.
1: Yeah, and she doesn't know where she is, and she's left outside. Um, and there, the there, there's, there's,
0: yeah. you, you get it. You get a first uh, sort of look at his like elaborate, um, you know, the elaborate you know lengths that he goes to to construct these uh, fantasies as well. You know, because there he is when she takes off her blindfold, and he's literally just like a wig and a cloak on a fucking mm-hmm. uh, 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 with a taper recorder, yeah. Wreck. Yes, yes, it
1: is wild. Yeah, and... he's just able to do these things and mm-hmm. and she is left and and she just ends up like shacking with some guy that she was eating from his trash can and he was like do you want to come inside like uh, 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 and you know people online are like will be like well was he working with v no it's just v
0: is not not doing all that he's probably watching her but like you know by coincidence though he is involved with um he is involved with uh some criminal elements that have ties as well well he, he is involved as well he's friends with finch yes. you know he's not necessarily a government guy he's just a bit uh, he's just a smuggler who knows some uh, people in high places um but that is a bizarre coincidence it
1: is before we get into that v has a news broadcast for humanity um, mm-hmm. that he pulls off. He does this whole elaborate thing where he goes in, and he has bombs strapped to him and he gives a news broadcast and they think they've killed him, but it turns out they've killed just like the minister of the mouth or the voice. Yes, Daskum. Um, him. him, who is actually um, Rose Allman's second lover and at that point that she has to like
0: actually start prostituting herself and working at this cabaret. Yeah, um, we, we don't get a whole lot of, um, we don't get a whole lot of time spent with dascom and uh mrs almond we just but, know she
1: doesn't want to be there but she's like what else am exactly. i exactly
0: there's a couple of moments where he's pursuing her and gets shot down and then she goes to him and he's like yeah you know i knew i knew you'd come and we're left to imagine yeah which is so much worse
1: yes you also have um, – but like the, broadcast is he basically does this thing where he's firing humanity. Mm. He says, you've been at this for like 10,000 years and you've done a good job. But ultimately, you keep appointing these new bad leaders and allowing these – and allowing this to happen and you are not rising
0: up and so I'm he's firing got picture, you. He's got a picture of Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, which is a weird comparison to make. There's a fourth guy as well that looks like Stepan Bandera, but I'm not sure. It kind of cuts it off. It's hard yeah. to tell. Um, yeah, he fires humanity for
1: not wanting to be promoted as well. He says you don't have the will to be your own boss. He blames humanity for appointing bad man management. This is you know anarchism to a T. It is this idea of like it is very removed. From any concept of like material conditions, means mm-hmm. of production, anything like that, right? So you don't have V as this guy who's like, you have been oppressed because there have been people who have owned things and people who have not. You also don't have V as this guy who says, um, you know, there are stages of history mm-hmm. in a very similar fashion to to call back again, Kim Stanley Robinson. I think more sees capitalism as basically just like feudalism with more technology mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, despite his accurate descriptions of certain things it is like it's the same feudal concept if you read interviews with Moore, he's saying like we need to transform our economy we had feudal lords and now we have capitalists and it's the same thing it's mm-hmm. reductive I understand why it's a rhetorically it, it's a rhetorically useful point um but as an anarchist he's just like lords and masters are bad mm-hmm. and so this concept of like history has been you allowing lords and masters and Lords and Masters being bad because that's what lords and masters are they are therefore bad um, and he's like, You have to be your own boss, you have to rise up, you have to take control of the situation. And of course, there's a lot of humor in it because it's like V pretending to be a boss and he's being very arrogant and goofy. I and love like... the language he uses. Oh, it's quite fun, it's quite fun. Um, but nevertheless, can we, can we, uh, yeah. short a little, a yeah, little read excerpt. from it, read from it.
0: Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, Uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Also, please don't think I've forgotten about your outstanding service record or about all the invaluable contributions that you've made to the company. Fire, the wheel, agriculture. It's an impressive list, old-timer. A jolly impressive list. Don't get me wrong, but, well, to be frank, we've had our problems, too. There's no getting away from it. Do you know what I think a lot of it stems from? I'll tell you, it's your basic unwillingness to get on with the company. You don't seem to want to face up to any real responsibility or to be your own boss. Lord knows, you've been given plenty of opportunities. We've offered you promotion time and time again, and each time you've turned us down. I couldn't handle the work, governor, you you wheedled. I know my place. To be frank, you're not trying, are you? You see, you've been standing still for far too long, and it's starting to show in your work. And, I might add, your general standard of behavior. Mm. and like there
1: is obviously there's like one can understand where there's truth and where there's not in that but it is an interesting like dynamic and you talk about this work being a manifesto Mm. and and in certain ways this feels like more talking directly to the audience in a lot of ways you know more might put it in different language but this this does feel as close to more that in like the bit about the like talking with like Lady Justice feel like as close to more like addressing the audience as it gets,
0: mm-hmm. kind of, mm-hmm. you know. And assigning arrogating uh, to himself really within the context of this story, V is um, protagonist status.
1: Mm. You know, so which, notab- which,
0: sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, it, I, I I suppose it's afforded to him by the um, by ha- by having sur- by having survived and uh, by having figured out. Ha- well, the, that's what uh, I was going to say. Right? Is
1: it like? because there's two ways we can see this one yes. we can see it as a crazed madman who is very competent but the other is it is the oppressed and downtrodden of, of humanity it is the children of gaza and the the immigrants left you know to die on boats and you know people abandoned in jails um who have like fused into a person standing up and saying i judge you unfit and then if you mm-hmm. look at it that way. It feels a little different.
0: Oh yes, yeah. so, no, no mistaking. You know, critical critical support for V here, right? Yeah. You know, I'm not interested in condemning any formation um, that carry that is that is the one formation fighting uh, fighting genocide. He's quite successful. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> if we can get a V, you know, uh, we'll take it from there.
1: You know, mm-hmm. um, you have Evie now living with what's the guy's name? He's played by Stephen Fry in the movie Gordon. Gordon, Stephen Fry, who uh, he's who, quite uh, charming
0: in the movie. He's charming in the movie, not so in real life. He's he uh, is he not that? He, well, he signed that stand with Israel resolution. Dang and, it, I didn't know that. And he's it's also, cute. I mean, he's also he also kind of does the uh, the the like Reddit new atheism thing that has much more smoke for uh, Islam than for Christianity, though he though he criticizes both. But he says, you know, Islam is like a special kind of evil, which is weird because in the movie he's like. Got the guy with the Quran. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't have to be a Muslim to appreciate the poetry of it. I love that line, you
1: know? Yeah. Um. Nevertheless, in the book, he's like just some guy who happens to be like in too deep over his head with organized crime, notably not because he's like some kind of criminal. He's actually like pretty anti-violent. He has a mm-hmm. gun and doesn't take it to the door when he knows he's dealing with people who are willing to kill him. The fucking Scotsman
0: um, brings a sword to the gunfight, which is that's hilarious. To kicks me. so much ass. The, the, I will the, the, say the, the fuck Scotsman more
1: for making me yes. read the way he wrote that Scottish accent. I cannot understand half of
0: what he's writing there.
1: You know, the sword <sighs> of the gunfight is fucking hilarious.
0: Yeah, there, there's a Scotsman. What's, what's his fucking name?
1: Um, he's an he, A. I
0: don't
1: know. My man goes on to my man goes on to be one of the you know only people to get some in this book. So you got mm-hmm. a handsome. Mm-hmm. If, you know, cause like, let's not lie You know, Helen Hare, Stone Cold Hottie, and he gets some with Helen Hare later on Alistair,
0: Alistair Harper
1: Yeah, Alistair Harper, Alistair
0: Harper Yeah Um Ten points then, from Gryffindor, Mr. Harper
1: Yeah, and, and you have a Moment here where You know, obviously It's weird to like, be like Oh wow, we're bummed out this guy died Like he is having sex with a minor Um, You know that is also like part of this world like this isn't more isn't doing a thing i don't i don't think he's not you, being lurid about it no you know, yeah that's but... that's what i'm saying he's not being lurid he is aware that this is fucked up yes. he is like aware of like the gender oppression in this like keenly aware felt most keenly with rose almond but Mm -hmm. certainly also with evie as well and her
0: status in this world and how childhood Um, has been has been you know basically if not if not eliminated entirely certainly rolled back right she's working in the munitions factory from fucking 12 you know kids just have to grow up faster in this in this awful awful world no doubt but you know
1: um gordon he he gets knocked off and um evie very close to kill's Uh, Alistair and Mm -hmm. V stops her um, in what's, you know, got to be the most twisted thing V does in this book puts her through his experience in a concentration camp, making her think she's in the concentration
0: camp. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Notably, like she's, and I love, you know, um, the thing that Alan Moore says early in the uh, author's note at the beginning of this edition of the book, right, about, you know, certain things that, certain small details that jump out at you out of the greater morass and kind of crystallize things for you that force you to just sit down and think. Um, I mean, he's really, really good at... He's really, really good at pinpointing the sort of way that your mind works, right? You compartment under these conditions, right? You compartmentalize the horror, and you focus on, you know, something that would otherwise be mundane that would escape your notice. She keeps returning to the rat in her cell, right? There's a rat, you know. I'm, you know, in rags, and it's cold, you know, and they're and they're bringing me like moldy food, and there's a rat. Just and again, sh- yeah, and-, and they shave her head, and she looks. Old, like mm-hmm. really old and
1: wretched and terrible and there's wrinkles on her face and it's the way it's drawn is you know everything's silhouettes right and of course part of that is the literal explanation that these are mar- marionettes and, and and mannequins that v is built an illusion here but also it is shadows is in like you know she's not having human contact the only human contact she has is with you know valerie which is the best part of the book in my opinion Um, yes
0: yes her uh, her next door yeah her next door
1: cellmate um and notably this is the actual cellmate that was next to v in his imprisonment Mm -hmm. valerie sent him this note written on toilet paper he kept it and has passed it on to her um and it is this you know it is this note that's describing her life and telling why she's there and it is uh the part of the movie that it absolutely kills it is one of my favorite scenes in any movie of all time it was like Mm -hmm. there was a part of that monologue that was deeply important for me as a like I think 17 year old like coming to terms with the fact that I was queer um and like admitting that to myself I'll just say that um you have a part where she says it was my integrity that was important is that so selfish? It sells for so little, but it's all we have left in this place. It is the very last inch of us within that inch. We are free because you have Valerie telling the story of her life as a, a queer woman, um, as a lesbian, and, and she grows up and has, you know, that normal, you know, queer oppression pre like concentration camps and like her parents being against her and she becomes an actress and meets someone she really loves and lives with her for a few years. And then the fascist regime comes and takes... And 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 drives her her partner to betraying her, and then her partner commits suicide, and she is in this prison, just beaten down to all nothing, and injected with this mm-hmm. shit that's going to kill her, and she is experiencing like this moment of she only has this last inch, and she says, "It is strange that my life should end in such a terrible place, but for three years I had roses, and I apologized to nobody, mm-hmm. and that is these you know fascination with the roses, and it's also. You know, this scene that is talking about Valerie, it is showing these beautiful moments from earlier in her life and this beautiful woman and 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 these cool things of acting and that sort of thing. And then transposed with the prison and the brutality of it and Evie looking ancient and withered and haggard. Mm -hmm. And then you realize and then that's Evie coming to understand that last inch. Um, of freedom and in a yes. place where freedom is literally inconquerable, which mm. is
0: the power that V also has. Once, you know, and once the, I mean, once everything that V is, right. Once the uh, shadow gallery, right. Having a jukebox of all the greatest hits from, uh, from the previous uh, century um, covered in posters from theater and film, you know, the library with just all the classics, you know, you know, that's, you know, once his fascination with culture, with all things beautiful that people that, you know, inspired, you know um, every kind of emotion, every kind of, every kind of criticism, artistic movements, you know, whence his using that to strike back at a world that has stamped out all forms of beauty. Mm. And um, I would say
1: Valerie is the closest we come to meeting V's actual identity, right? Like, mm-hmm. that is the closest we're going to get to, like, who is V? V is valid V, I mean, it's not, but, like, that's the closest character. Like, when all of that is destroyed down to that inch, mm-hmm. and then V is that inch, that inch of integrity, despite it, all that, whatever, that is going to, you know, reclaim a potential freedom. Um, and that, that therein, like, you know, arises that obsession with freedom. But, mm-hmm. you know, the scene is just really beautifully done beautifully written i i can't really do it justice you have to read it and and, and it's worth watching as well yes and it's what gives evie the determination to when she is offered to um you know sign a statement saying i condemn the terrorist v um she says no and he says take her out behind the chemical sheds to be shot and she refuses 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 and he says okay then you're free and he says everyone else in society has lived in a cage you've lived in a cage your entire life you are afraid of the wind he says he says people like you know the man you were with your father they were taken behind the chemical shed to be shot they have lived in this cage that is you know not to be like to you know internet or whatever but society not to be too whatever that the cage is society the cage is a lack of freedom in this case the cage is literal fascism mm-hmm. um and she is now even inside a cage completely free of the cage and that is these justification for why he has done this that is the the book does not say wow what a cool guy v is for this mm-hmm. uh, uh you're not supposed to think that but evie has now gone through that experience she has become capable of Carrying on his legacy, and she has this moment where she's standing in the water, pouring down on top of her from the rain. There's no more masks, she feels like she's going to suffocate. And he says, Breathe that free air in. And she is now this fully realized free human. She is the embodiment of this anarchy that Moore believes in.
0: You know, she just had to go through, you know, that same torture first, is the thing. And that's a stumbling block for a lot of people. You know, it's a stumbling block for me. Yeah, you know. You know, once 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 the phrase, you know, revolutionary murder that I that I that that sort of came to me, right? Because it's not it's not um it's not necessarily you it's not necessarily her evolving politically through struggle, right? It's you know somebody, you know you know, somebody has foisted this, um, has foisted this upon her, has drawn her into this, um, uh, into this horror, and you can argue, perhaps, that it would have happened, that would, ha- would have happened eventually anyway, but, I mean, it's, it's wrenching, and it's brutal, and it's, you know, I mean, page 153, I'm given an examination, I think it's the woman. Do the math, right? Mm. Like, it's, again, you know, V is, um, I mean, you know, he's not somebody to be idolized. He's not somebody to be looked up to. He is a force of nature that does, that does terrible things. Um, And, uh, and it's not pretty. It's not. Mm -hmm. The, uh, the
1: closest thing I can like, I I mean, like I've been reading about like, you know, different intellectual traditions and mm -hmm. I don't know how to say the guy's last name. It's Sergei Nesheyev, the guy who wrote Mm -hmm. the, uh, the, the, catechism of a revolutionary that coined the term the revolutionary is a doomed man and he was basically Mm. anarcho-nihilism and that is v in a sense right um but it is that is like rather than that being the full coin there are two halves of the coin v is this destructive fire v is literally born into v hood um (laughs) in fire in in mustard gas and napalm Mm -hmm. and Ev is born into it in the scene holding out her arms in water she is 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 baptized she is in this this redeeming life-giving thing she is the other side of this anarchy but um you know notably that 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 same pain has to be gone through in this in this calculation Mm -hmm. um and then you know we cut to away from this long scene back to the bad guys finch is reading roots of coincidence trying to understand jungian psychology to catch v which is a very good bit um and, and 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 you then have like this whole ridiculous scene where v kills a cop by luring getting him out onto a ledge and dropping a banana under his foot and he slips mm-hmm. and falls like i feel like more is like okay take a deep breath we're gonna kill a guy with a banana Mm -hmm. are you happy (laughs) does that come come, like in the middle of this book for you uh it's like at the end it's like at the end of. oh yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. it's because yeah because it comes at the end like it's a um it's an extract that um chronologically that's where it is i think so yeah it's a set apart from the rest yeah but yeah it's it works as a it works as a breather episode for sure Mm because holy shit do we need one (laughs) Mm -hmm. um
1: and and you know at this point you have, we already mentioned it, Rose Almond is now working at, you know, working at a cabaret and as a sex worker. And, you know, you have, you have these different very lurid scenes that Moore loves to do, like showing sexual imagery mm-hmm. and then like having horrifying things as the backdrop to it. Oh, we should talk
0: about, yeah, yeah, because like, yeah. That's, so Gordon, before, um before he gets got by the Cutlass Of course, Um, he takes Evie to this cabaret. It's a very it's there's a really sick irony here because it's a it's a cabaret. You know, it's 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 Weimar Germany sort of style, but it's a fascist song. That yeah. is uh, that is being sung here. With really, you know, the rhyming is the r- the lyrics are very clever, but you know, unmistakably fascist in nature. And yeah. while this is going on, um, Mrs. Almond's uh, card is declined. She's kicked out of the uh, place because, of course, she's cut off from her uh, from her husband's wealth. Um, and Mr- she goes on to work at that exact same place. Yes, uh, Mr. Creedy is uh, is telling this telling this guy, "Hey, look, you know, you were you had these uh, favors uh, from the party." and uh dascom's out and i'm in and no almonds out and i'm in and... and mr creedy being now the new head of the fingerman and yeah, this mr. guy that... is the new head of the fingerman and yes. he's this kind of this brutal
1: guy who's like i'm gonna i'm gonna take over he's like yeah, adam he's susan's less, out i'm in
0: he's more or less introduced uh, no he's introduced um when finch fucking decks him yeah um which is funny but where he really comes into his own here and you get it and you get a sense of who he is, is him telling this guy, Oh yeah, your mother who uh, you've been using your party favors to, uh, to keep in, uh, keep in her place. Yeah. She's in a home and the home is just like three guys with iron bars beating her to death. Yeah. And, and, and you have,
1: uh, and you have like more scenes like this. You have a scene later where, um, you know, a scene later where you have, oh my God, what's his what's his name? Hair seeing his wife cheating on him, video of it, and then fighting with the guy actively, and there's like them interacting, um, you know, cutting and smashing each other, and um Rose Almond dancing and like having this these like sexual moments, and she's like thinking about how like fucking how much she hates the state mm-hmm. and is going to going to
0: kill. Uh, do you think there's a there's anything to her name being rose like is that tied up with any of the rose imagery i mean it has to be but
1: i i did she's oh holy shit i'm a dumbass he says i have a special rose for adam susan
0: Mm, there we go there we go
1: that's the thing right and the idea is somehow the did all of it. He says there's no such thing as coincidence, which is a thing authors do love to do when they don't want to explain something, but they don't want you to think it's a coincidence. But it works here because V is God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes V is God. And that's just how it works
0: here. Well, and that's yeah. the thing, right? Because V starts something that can't be stopped, right? When he takes down this government, the right? Domino's literally. That he yeah, yeah. Up. You know, he starts a general insurrection. And so, I mean, I like I like the irony of, you know, I have a special rose for Adam Susan. Um, I really, really want him not to know like Mrs. Almond, what she's doing. Right. Mm-hmm. I really, really want it to be the case that look like you, you're letting the roses grow. You are owning the implications of what's of what you're setting in motion without taking a direct hand in the violence. I really want him to just be saying, look, Adam, Susan is going to be the first casualty of this general insurrection. And so And I-, I think that's maybe what, more has in his head the thing is i feel like
1: if more if you asked him did v know about it you'd be like yeah and if you said did v not know about it and he was saying that he'd probably also say yeah because like that's not really the point mm-hmm. you know uh but yeah, I, least- I i like your interpretation better
0: um yeah in this in the sense of v knowing everything just in the abstract sure yeah know? in some in some broad but like the
1: point is like you yeah, know, like su- susan's susan's goose is cooked um <laughs> And good riddance to him. And good riddance to him. Uh, At this point, uh, V just cripples the government. (laughs) Um, He basically, he blows up their, like, surveillance apparatus at the beginning of book three and just starts the purge. Um, For three days,
0: nobody's going to look at you. Nobody's going to listen to you.
1: You can do what you want. And there's, like, clashes in the streets, and the police get pushed back on, and you have, like, even a scene of, like, a girl doing just, graffiti and these random act outs and people are like i don't have my programs and, and 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 you have you know it's it's kind of and he says we're not quite in the land of do as you please yet we're in the land of take what you will
0: um and and the, and it sorry the girl the girl lives in the book yeah, we are led does. to assume i don't i don't think we ever see her again mm-hmm.
1: yeah Which she's is... kind of a th-
0: a thing it's just like a moment and at this point v
1: has set up the dominoes both literally and figuratively and Mm -hmm. it's like it's it's all coming down at this point like V doesn't really have to do anything else in the book. Like the government's over the government. All the agencies now have plans to take each other over. Yes. Adam, Susan's going to die somehow. The dude's brain they, is cooked. I love how they just, yeah.
0: Cause he's going nuts because he's jerking off to his computer and his yeah. guards are just like, you know, they, they, they can only just pretend not to hear very funny scene of him, like yelling, like,
1: I love you. And the guards like make eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're just like
0: yeah yeah I understand
1: I understand why that's not in the movie because it would be a very difficult thing to put in the movie and make coherent but god yeah. that would be funny in the movie that
0: would be very very funny especially with you their know, casting but hair of course is um is the woman behind the uh, is the woman behind the man right she's trying to set um she's trying to set her husband up as the next leader and she's also banging uh, alistair harper the her husband like, who's banging to have sex or begging to have sex at all times yes.
1: Like he's yes. like literally There's a scene where he's literally on his knees Kissing her feet trying to have sex with her And she's like maybe when you become The most powerful man in the world I'll consider it <laughs> she's, she's such a despicable
0: person But I do oh, love that energy worst.
1: It's so fun mm-hmm. um, But then she's just like having sex with this random
0: Like just like thug with, with yeah That's with, awesome. with this, the scotsman that killed gordon who uh, the guy who Crete, uses
1: a cutlass yes yes <laughs> who
0: and and critically creedy employs him to be kind of a uh to get kind of brown shirts out on the on the field mm-hmm. as some extra as some extra manpower yeah and she's it, like she i love this she's like whatever he's paying you i'll pay you i'll pay you more and he Barbara, lies yeah yeah he lies through his teeth. he's he's getting he's making 400 a week but he says to her well you know he's he's paying me 500 and she's like really i would have expected four max <laughs> um at this point and this is like a weird like
1: you you have we mentioned it earlier v's been controlling fate the computer and he's using it to make things not work as well mm-hmm. um this feels like a little bit like more explaining how v does things um, and like, it's fine. I don't know how necessary that is.
0: Um, yeah, I feel like, I feel like letting the contradictions come to fruition mm-hmm. would be, I mean, and it, and it also like lays question, like, cause then you have to
1: ask like, what, how, what, like, mm-hmm. and I guess it's the idea of like, you know, uh, Susan took my woman. So I took his, he loves fate. He loves the computer. You know what the computer is? is not central enough. I think. Yeah. To the government. Cause like, i mean it's 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 it's,
0: it's very much you know it is susan's fetish for the ideal england that he's building it is his fetish mm. for absolute control and knowledge of um of the economy where everything is allocated how everything's planned you know and the and the perfect knowledge of um of who's saying what right you know it's 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 authority it's control and it's you know the obvious, the obvious thing, therefore, is that, oh, well, this, uh, your woman's actually been, um, been, you know, V says, I betted her first, right? right? It's that rug pull, and you realize, oh, you're actually not in control. Yeah. Right. Um, it, and then, like, then you reveal,
1: you know, more V war crimes, that he's been causing intentional famines and blackouts and
0: stuff. <laughs> Which, again, uh- you know, I, that is something that I like better from the movie than this, right? Because, like, it's, it's, um, the Finch character in the movie is like, look, something at, at some point, some there will be some spark that uh that sets people off, and you don't know what it'll be, and it's the kid who dies, right? Yeah, um, that feels much more organic than the mm. deliberately sort of uh inciting food riots. Well,
1: yeah, V is no, the that, and this is this is like maybe a principal problem I have with the politics of the book, it's that there is almost no role of the masses of the people. They are at the mm-hmm. end given the choice that V has therefore given them, but the people have no role in actually bringing down the government. I guess you could say, oh, well, they did some of the food riots, but they were like, they were marionetted, they were puppeted
0: into doing the food riots. They have no role, um, and crucially crucially, like at the end, um, when Evie takes up V's mantle, right, and kidnaps Stone, Finch's sidekick, to be her protege right it's implied that uh, you know there's going to be some um some mystical anarchist waiting in the wings to uh to strike should people decide to uh to uh do the wrong thing again right which feels you... a little bit paternalistic
1: sure it's it's interesting um you have this just to mention it finch Kind of just goes crazy. Takes some LSD at a concent- at the concentration camp,
0: which is a personal sort of um. It's a personal sort of um. It- it's a thing that Alan Moore has, you know. Yeah, that he's,
1: he's interested in LSD. Mm-hmm. Takes a lot of it himself. Um, At least used to. Um, He says, I believe he said there's a really good interview with him that I really like. Um, You know, I have a bad habit on this podcast of um, plugging way more successful podcasts, um, and I shouldn't be doing that. But he has a really good interview from like 2018 on Chapo Trap House that I I recommend people listen to. It's a free Mm -hmm. interview. It's a weird cross section. Um, I don't know why or how that interview happened, but he gives a remarkably interesting interview on, and he's talking about Jerusalem in that. But worth listening to if you're interested in him as a guy and how he talks and communicates. But um yeah, it's a thing more wants to do and it's and it's like kind of Finch being like I knew what, it's it's like kind of the idea of like, you know, he wasn't a bad man, he was just doing whatever and he's like I miss you have this like moment that you do feel he's like, I miss you know seeing people with different skin tones. I miss
0: people's pink hair. I miss. And he was immersed you know, in that. He had gay friends, yeah. he had you know a diverse, a diverse sort of a friend group that he moved but with. But
1: he, he just wanted
0: to succeed and he
1: said the party was the only option. And he says if I had to do it again, I probably would do it again. Um, you know, and despite how guilty he feels. But he's able to get inside V's head. And and finds V's base, and V just knows he's coming, and and V basically allows himself to get killed here, like in the sort of like Christ moment. Um, I don't, I don't disagree that V has to die. Like V has to die. Like that. That's naturally has got to happen he, he for the cycle. Be, cause, why cause, does he need there, to die like this? I don't quite get it. Yeah,
0: you know, there are creators and there are destroyers. You're absolutely right. You know, and his time as a destroyer is coming to an end. And he goes to literal to...
1: Valhalla. Yeah,
0: but yeah. why does Finch?
1: have to kill him here. That I don't quite get. Why is this his death? In the movie, his death is like it is like taking down the final minister. It's like a badass action scene. Um which is cool. It's cool. I but in this it's like him he throws the knife at Finch and Finch shoots him and he's like, I got you, you bastard. You're flesh and blood.
0: Well, because the thing is like, I mean Finch is the one person from the beginning from the government Who's really like? Look, you're not dealing with a normal person here, right? You're mm-hmm. dealing with some. With, you're dealing with somebody who has superhuman knowledge and strength. And my who, man gets he, driven to Jungian yeah. psychology to try and understand this case. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he he's aware from the beginning that V is challenging the legal system, the justice system, such as it is in fascist Britain, in a way that not only do they not recognize but in a way that you know they themselves created you know so he he's willing to he, he's willing to admit where they're being caught completely with their pants down and so in a way he's the one who sort of gets to i mean you know cuz again um again you know v v technically technically beats him in the fight like he incapacitates him but but he ultimately he ultimately carries the day yeah, V.
1: It does say he's like I'm. I moved so slow he could have taken me down. And V is like I have a man to meet. Notably, when me- V meets with him, he's like pretending to be a hobo, playing money for cash on the mm-hmm. side of the subway, like just
0: doing one last bit before he dies. You know, he's he's gotta. Um, he says, um, I'm waiting for the man, which is yeah. a velvet underground reference that I very much appreciated. Yeah.
1: Um, and and then at this point, you know, the government is able to say the terrorist V is dead. He will not appear at midnight like he promised. And this is the point where Evie has to take up the mantle. She finishes things out by giving V his Viking funeral, sending him to Valhalla, by putting him on a train, strapping with bombs, and sending it to blow up the head, officially ending the Norse fire government. Um, if there was any such thing, and then Evie appears and it's like the spirit of v lives on you have to take you know matters into your own hands now um which is a more um uh you know it 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 offers evie more agency and she is v the creator now she is a v who has not killed mm-hmm. um she is, and she says, I will not lead them, but I will help them. And, and as you, and as you said earlier, she takes on a new protege, a guy we haven't talked about much. Cause he's honestly not that important. He's just kind of around. Um, but, 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 um, yeah, she, she, she brings, um, oh my stone God in. stone in. Yeah. Um, just one of the police officers, she brings him in and he, he's going to be, I guess the new protege. And, you know, you have this final moment where, um, these final moments where all the all the ministers go down to their own machinations. Yes. Um, yes. The only two survivors of this kind of clash are uh, Helen Hare and Finch. Mm-hmm. Um, she notably her own husband is bleeding out after like defending her honor or whatever, and she's like, "You're such a voyeur. Why don't you like to watch this?" She like puts a camera on him, makes him watch as he bleeds out. Um, Which
0: is cold, but I mean, cold yeah. As hell. It's- <laughs> Because everything's, everything's gone up in smoke at that point. She's like, yeah. you fucking bastard, I'm doing all, I, I've done all this for, uh, I've done all this for us, I've maneuvered you into this position where I can be the woman behind the throne, and you've gone and gotten yourself killed because, you know, you stumbled across the fact that I was banging the Scotsman. Yeah,
1: and 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 notably, oh, and we didn't say it, but Rose kills Adam Sizz
0: yes rose kills adam yeah creedy creedy lets her through like during the parade and he's like you know don't worry she's high party it'll look good yeah and then and then (laughs) rose and rose
1: caps him and Mm -hmm. you know you have this moment where he's like who are you and it's like she's like my husband died for this man i've met him a dozen times he doesn't recognize my face yeah um and she was and she you know rose takes her revenge and uh she is the special rose i mean i know we discussed it already but it is a you know moment where susan gets his final cup come up um, and um in in the really the finale um is on finch you know this guy who's not been he's been a character that's honestly been used to exposit v's backstory for the most part and be this guy that's just mystified by v this guy that's like in Norse fire but not of it he does not espouse these ideals personally but he has allowed himself to be carried around and he to be clear bears personal responsibility for its crimes Um, and he is given the opportunity to join Helen Hare and this band of like rogues she's put together and she's like we're going to put together an army um, and we're going to reinstate.
0: We're going to build a new order. She and thinks there's... she's put it together. Like, they're kind of passing her around, like, in exchange for letting her eat. Yeah. But, like, the implication, though, is
1: he has this choice of, like, do I return to building a gang as what Moore would call the biggest gang that then declares there is no anarchy? And he's like, no, go to hell. And she calls him a homo. <laughs>
0: and, I fucking and he, love that. <laughs> and,
1: and, he, and he walks off into the sunset. And it's like... like he's...
0: She's just alone with her fucking like with her fucking like homophobia and the yeah. and the the you know and weapons. her guys
1: and 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 so you know you end on I mean of course a question mark what what does the future hold um Which... will they build a better world will Evie pull it off will the people reinstate a bad government and then you know will an endless string of V's knock down an endless string of fascists before they build a uh, Kropotkian utopia I I, I don't know
0: There's a couple of points I want to I want to sort of um, untangle here. Um, The first being, this is the bit that really, right here at the end, that really sort of tips me into the Finch as audience surrogate rather than Evie. I don't think I don't think anybody sees themselves. I don't think anybody reading this sees themselves going through what Evie goes through and taking up V's mantle. I don't. I don't think anybody wants that for themselves. I don't think anybody anticipates that for themselves because how the hell could you? Yeah. But what we have in Finch is, I mean, Moore said himself, you know, he wanted to portray the fascists as, you know, not cartoon Nazis, although there were certain, you know, I mean, the Nazis themselves, IRL had, you know, cartoon, cartoonishly evil tendencies. Yeah, you have Adam Susan for that. Yeah, you have Adam Susan for that. You know, and, you know okay. IRL you had you had Guring and the weird shit that he got up to. You know, yeah. cosplaying at his uh, at his hunting lodge and all. Um, but Finch, you know, he's the guy who joins because it's convenient, right? Because it's 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 expedient in uh, troubled time to uh, to go with the side that seems to be winning. And now, and now there is, and now there is no politics. There is no convenience. There is just an endless road that he can walk down. And whatever he comes to, he comes to, right? And and, and and in a
1: way, one can you know say, okay. So if you're the reader, you're presumably you know an American or sitting in the UK. Yeah, it, you know, this is more speaking to the reader. You are in some ways, in many ways, potential a potential Finch. You are someone who is part of the order TM. You may or may not be a believer in it, but you are someone who facilitates it. Um, you are someone that V would say needs to be fired, because mm-hmm. along with the whole of humanity. And and if you had this possibility to build a new world, what would you do? And then also, like, how do we build this new world? It and this is not really a a, a book about how to pull off a revolution. It's it's not Alan Moore's guide. He has he has a little bit where he's like, there can be a long silence, but the thunderclap is is stronger yet. Yes. Um it's and it's it's a it's a cool it's like a, a, a cool bit. I I'll read it. About the people rising up. Noise is relative to the silence preceding it. The more absolute the hush, the more shocking the thunderclap. Our masters have not heard the people's voice for generations, Evie, and it is much louder than they care to remember. Like that goes hard, don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. Uh, but this is not Moore's theory for revolution. Moore probably you know has his own series of theories. Um, he exposits some of those in the interview I referenced um however, this is um you know his concept of like you know where does the individual fall on the revolution? what does an revolution look like? what does it look like in the sense of it's like a moral character it's destruction. The funeral the 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 bomb that he's strapped to basically. Is seen as like he's like it's a farewell and it's a it's a toast to the destroyers. He says it's a toast to the bombers, a toast to the terrorists. Hail and farewell in Latin, what he says exactly. Uh, it is the revolutionary as a doomed man who, but then there must be a new type of revolutionary who builds, and I think you're right that Finch is that guy who has the potential of build to build and to destroy, and also the potential to just go starve in the wastelands. Mm-hmm. Um, very possibly. Um, and it's left open for a reason. And um, I would have respected it a lot less if it said, and then they followed a Bakuninist theory and built with Kami. Commun- like that would have been annoying and bad.
0: Um, yeah. and the Which movie is why ends, the ending is so poignant. And the mo- I mean, the movie ends notably on, um, I mean, that's where the movie falls down ultimately. Because I mean, the final set piece is, 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 You know, I still watch it back every now and then. It's fucking cool. No, it goes hard. Yeah. yeah, But it ends on, you know, a tribute to V himself. Right. And the explosion Mm -hmm. and then nothing. They destroy the parliament, which is the symbol of evil. You know, there was leaders are dead. There was the bad guy. And now there is not a bad guy. And presumably things will get better. And you need that uncertainty. And and the movie ends on the note of V was my
1: father And my mother and my whatever. and Everyone takes off the mask and it's people who have died and people who haven't, right? That is not exactly what V is in the book. V is not everyone in the book. V is a very specific – like V is – the uh the squad of people that George Jackson describes in the first four book four chapters of Blood in My Eye like yes, yes. <laughs> like the people that it says like that no one will weep for and they will dance at their
0: funerals and we yeah. will remember them with honor like <laughs> yeah, he, is, he is he is the one who points out very explosively look a ten cent bullet can take down a million dollar helicopter yeah, yeah. right and, and of
1: course not to not to slap George Jackson with Jackson with the label of anarchist he would he would not appreciate that no um but to to my i'm making my point about what v is um and therein lies the difference in you know the movie and the book which is worth elucidating and ultimately i walk away from this book like you know first of all just great read really just tight prose tight art well done goes without saying it's alan moore he's incredibly talented his his quote-unquote bad comics are considered much better than your average person right Um, comic artists like just don't even like have the conversation like he's just he's 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 the goat um he's won greatest comic book artist of all time award three times from three different groups while living that's insane i walk away from it you know with a a a, i don't know what i've learned um i confess um i i i know i have this you know impression of in in this in this thought of you know the idea of what Horror arises from the contradictions and whose head that falls on. I know I have this, you know, had this interesting interaction with these sort of complicated characters. I know that unfortunately it's not going to be this easy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not going to be a guy, and 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 there's there not will gonna... be contradictions.
0: There will be vulnerabilities yeah. that take down one or another. Uh, that take down one or another formation. Yeah, but, but this yeah, will. Is... This will not. The the apple will not mm-hmm. fall.
1: You have to make it fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, the apple of revolution, or whatever. I'm glad that you brought in. up apples
0: because at one point he says you asked for knowledge, Eve. You know, it's, he's comparing himself directly to the serpent.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just found that funny. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, uh, Che Guevara. The revolution is not an apple that falls when it is ripe. You have to make it fall. Yes, he says. Um, and and that's the case. Um, There is a need for organization. Um, There is a need for, you know, exploitation of crisis. Is this a, is this a, um, you know, a guidebook for how to make things better? No, not necessarily, but uh, man, does it, will will it give you a lot to think about? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm -hmm. It's, it's still beggars belief to me, perhaps as I close this book, that there's nobody in the decade since the world ended who picked up socialism while they were memorizing Shakespeare. You know, like we don't see, as you said, you know, the masses are not really the engine of. I mean, you know, there is no revolution there is no revolution, there is no general insurrection in this book without the masses, or in general, right? But it's not really about them. It's about the inciting incident that uh, that that leads the contradictions to be irreconcilable. Which I mean, it, it, it's about fundamentally the fragility of any um of any political project that that um that attempts to endure indefinitely right yeah. and without and without um without allowing for change but you know
1: ultimately in the v for vendetta world no matter what the news is saying the soviet union is still around <laughs> 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 i want to note the Soviet Union, they are saying, will there be another revolution in Russia? But it's mm, not happened yet, uh, despite the crop failures. Just want to note, you know, maybe, maybe Creedy is is migrating to the Soviet Union. It, it's possible. he's going to cross uh, the nuclear. He's going to do fallout in the Soviet Union. Um, comrade but they've Creedy. still got Comrade Creedy. Indeed, Comrade Creedy. I've kind of said my final thoughts. My big takeaway from this book is just, man, the the. Humanity in the Valerie bit and and how that rings through the whole thing and the earnestness of that and the love of that and the ability of like trite as it is for that inch of integrity and love and uh, self-understanding to triumph over, call it evil, call it fascism, call it the cage, but the capacity of, you know, that to transcend, um, is my ultimate, ultimate final takeaway from this book. And, you know, just to say again, the quote, it is strange that my life should end in such a terrible place, but for three years I had roses and I apologized to nobody just, it, it goes so hard and I love it so much. And that is what I think of the most from this book and from this work and i will always appreciate alan moore for that um on a personal level um again meaningful moment for me and uh you know y'all i guess appreciate the roses uh because that's also worth doing because we we have times of roses and we have times of um Cyanide pill communion wafers. <laughs> um, and the goal of any revolutionary, of any human, is to uh, synthesize them both. And if somehow you can do that without permanently donning a Guy Fawkes mask, all power to you. Joss, any final
0: thoughts? Cyanide roses. I really liked that uh, that third album of uh, Bloody Gothic Rose 666. <laughs> Cyanide roses. I I I think that's that's where uh, that's where Ebony really comes into her own as a contralto. She's exploring some interesting stuff vocally there. (laughs) Not as funny as I think (laughs) it shouldn't be. This funny to me. Duck with you know you're stirring you're stirring pain, the hope, and the human spirit. Yeah, you know there's there's a bit of bathos in there, isn't there? Guys,
1: I wanted to say something about magic when we close. The snake god Glycon was famously worshipped in Rome as a as a puppet. It was a puppet snake. It was not actually um, a real serpent, and it was, you know, um, understood broadly to be a hoax. People were mad about it when they found out about it, and that is the reason Alan Moore chose it as his his god that he worships the puppet god and uh at the end of the day i hope you'll realize that's not that doesn't make any sense you should worship the socialist shelf instead thank you and that's the end of the episode (laughs)